You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. I want to hear it again. Good morning. I know it's Monday, but we should be filled with the joy of the Lord every day, not only in the weekend. Amen? Amen. I want to tell you uh, an amazing story happened to me uh, last night before I share with you the topic that the Holy Spirit laid on my heart this morning. Yesterday, I was at the uh, WGM event, the uh, Global Cafe, and here is a young man coming to me. I said, hi, my name is Andy Sama. And I said, and he said that in the Egyptian dialect. And I said, what is going on here? What this Egyptian guy is doing right here? He said, you don't know me? I said, okay, remind me. He said, I'm the son of your niece. I couldn't hold my tear. My tears just rolling my cheeks. And and I see this little boy having a big mustache and coming to speak in in the Egyptian dialect. To me, I said, do you remember me? I said, what you're doing here? I said, I'm studying at Asbury University. I said, not only that, but your niece, my mom, is doing her PhD in the Old Testament, in the theology of the Old Testament here. And I was able to go and see my niece and spend a couple of hours with her last night. I haven't seen them in a while in Cairo. And here is God orchestrating everything that I come all the way to see my family here in this very spot yesterday. Where are they today? Rania, are you here today? Andy, are you here today? Here is Andy. Here is my boy. Well, it's a great joy to be among you this morning. I want to tell you one thing. I was a youth pastor for a number of years, and God used me mightily. And I love the youth. I love their enthusiasm. I love their love for Christ. I love their energy that I don't have today, but you give me some energy. I'm taking it home. Amen. I want to share with you my story. And I know some of you heard me yesterday. And I want to tell you why I'm sharing my story with you today. I was born and raised in Egypt. And my father was a Coptic Orthodox priest. And I had a very simple mother, no education, not even finishing her elementary school. So the story goes on that my dad was doing the priesthood just as a job. He was not dedicated to do it. And I'm not saying this negatively about the Orthodox Church because today there are so godly priests who are leading a great revival in the Coptic Orthodox in the heart of Egypt. But my dad finished his theological degree and just became a priest accordingly without even being called to do it. I want to go on quickly. My mom was facing my angry dad. In the morning, he goes to his cathedral and walks the aisle, and everybody looks at him as a holy man trying to touch the tip of his garment to get healed or to get blessed. But he goes back home and starts drinking all night. 
and abusing my mom, abusing my older sisters, four of them, and even abusing me and my younger brother. So seven members of one family were struggling every night because of our dad's drinking, heavily drinking, and abusing everyone. My mom was very noble. She refused to go to the bishop of the diocese to complain my dad. She said, I talk directly to God. And I still remember vividly when my mom used to wake up early in the morning and said, God, where are you? Why you are disappearing in the time of trouble? She was seeking God. She didn't know anything, but she knew one thing, that there is God somewhere, and this God one day is going to reveal himself powerful and strong. One day in the summer, to stay away from our angry dad at home, my mom used to take her six children to a park nearby our house to stay away from our dad's anger till he goes to bed. And one day, while we are in this close park to our home, we start hearing beautiful hymns that later on we realize it's amazing grace. This is my story. This is my song. But at that time, we were so fascinated by why we're hearing, because everybody was singing in one accord like what you did exactly a few minutes ago. And one night, my mom brought the six children and said, listen to me. I feel very curious to go and explore about this amazing place. And can we go and sit in the back and put scarves on our faces and hide ourselves and not to tell anyone who we are and see what's going on in this place? So what happened is, out of excitement, we said, yes, mom, let's go together. We will not tell our dad. We will not tell anyone. And we gave our mom pink promise. The ladies know about it. We went to the, to the small, tiny chapel. We sat in the back, seven members of one family sat in the back. And here is a Texan missionary on the stage delivering a very powerful message on God's salvation and God's redemption, what he has done for us in order to have life in abundance and have it to the full. In a few minutes, as soon as he finished his powerful message, the seven members of one family were sitting in the back, moved. And we were looking at the heaven and said, what's next, Lord? And here is the Texan missionary whispering to the interpreter. He said, you can invite people to come to front to give their lives to Jesus now. The moment the interpreter started inviting people to give their lives to Christ, my mom, my simple mother, remember, took off her scarf and said, I found you, Jesus. She rushed to the front and she knelt on her knees and she gave her life to Christ. She was waiting for a moment like this. Believe me, my four sisters ran after my mom, knelt on their knees at the altar and gave their lives to Christ. I did the same thing. So my younger brother, so my, my dear friends, I know that Jesus came and he healed and he raised the dead and he performed amazing miracles. But I believe till this very day and I will continue to believe that the main purpose for Jesus to come is to bring us life and to save us from the sin and the slavery of sin. 
Since then, we are all, the seven of us, dedicated our lives for Jesus. Seven members in one night gave their lives to Christ. When you ask me, what is the miracle that happened in your life? I remember that night, and I call it the miracle of miracles, when we got saved and we came closer and we know the heart of the Father's God. And now we became really dedicated to know Christ. Not only that, but in few days, the seven members of one family received Bibles. In the Coptic Orthodox Church, you cannot have Bibles. Bibles are so holy that you can even touch. They're the only priest who will come and read the big Greek Bible, read few verses, and we all stand up and say amen. But we received Bible, and we started to chew. Hear me well. We started to chew on the Word of God day and night. And God changed our life totally. And God transformed our life totally. And by simple mother was able, and this is another miracle, to read the Word of God. If you give her a paper in the morning to read the news, she can't read. She will say, read for me. But mom, you read the Bible. She said, I know, but I can't read the newspaper. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, my friends. And not only that, The story goes on when my dad left the house. He fought with the bishop over his salary, ended up leaving the church and leaving his family. And here is my mom bringing the six children again out of our insecurity and intimidation and fear. And she started to remind us of God's names. And she focused on one name, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides all of your need according to his riches in glory. And she said, do we believe that he will provide for us in a miraculous way? I said, Mom, we are not sure about that. I said, I will help you to trust him because his promises are faithful and he is a promise keeper. And my friends... The seven children of God were taken great care of. And I want to go on and tell you, my mom could not keep Jesus to herself. And this is what I want to remind you today. If you love someone so much, you go everywhere talking about him. I love my daughter so much. So when I met Jeannie this morning, I started telling her about my daughters. Why? Because I love them so much, I cannot stop talking about them. And sometimes I tell myself, why are you talking so much about your children? Stop now. And I ask myself, am I excited and enthusiastic to talk about Jesus who died for me and he gave his life gladly and freely for me the same way I talk about my children whom I love and I adore? Do we make Jesus' name wherever we go because he's our sweet Savior, our blessed Redeemer? Please remember what Jesus has done for you. Never forget my mom was able to bring so many members of our family to Christ. 
she was able to tell everybody about the sweet Savior. And our home became a church, became a place for a revival where everybody will come from the dark world to kneel on their knees and receive Jesus Christ as a personal Savior over their lives. One of them was my uncle, Michel. He was 28. And my uncle, Michel, was a very kind man. But he had no clue who was Jesus. My uncle, Michel, loved all of us. He became my hero. And he was bringing all of his salary to put it on the table and said, Sister, here is my salary. Bring bread to the house. Take care of my children. Take care of my nieces and nephews. My uncle Michel came to Christ in a miraculous way. And guess what? God gave him a Bible. And he started learning about Jesus, started learning about God. He would walk everywhere having the Bible in his hand. In the land of the harshness and persecution of Islam, we walk in the streets unintimidated, not dismayed, holding the Word of God in honor and in privilege. One day, Uncle Michel came home and said, Listen, seven members, come here. All of you, come here. We gathered around him, around our hero, and he said, I have good news for you. I met group, a group of Muslims today. And they seem to be very interested to know about Jesus. They seem to be very interested to know about the true God. I am going right now. I don't need dinner. I'm excited. I'm going right now to meet with them and tell them about Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. We commissioned him. We anointed him for the task that is ahead of him. And we sent him off. And we waited for Uncle Michel to come back in that night. Uncle Michel never came back. He was killed on the spot. And I cannot describe what we went through. I lost my hero that till this very day his picture is on my mind. And it was very harsh to imagine how they killed him, how they tortured him to death. I was so angry. I was full of resentment. I hated Muslims. I wished all of them would go to hell to have the same taste that they gave to us here. My mom brought us together again. And she started to draw a beautiful picture of my uncle Michel and how he's enjoying Jesus for eternity. How he's sitting at the Lamb's feet upon his throne. How he is now enjoying the arms of Jesus. And she said, sooner or later, we will go and be with him. Life is short. Life is short. And very soon, we will go and be with him. He is in a better place now. Be encouraged. My mom continued to serve God. She never blamed God for what happened. She never questioned God for what happened. But the life of the unforgiveness started to grow in me. I was angry at my dad. I was angry at every Muslim I meet. I can sit here all day long telling you when I was the only Christian in a class, 
how humiliated and insulted and persecuted by every teacher getting into the class by every classmate. I can tell you story after story, story after story. I still remember when I was just in, in the age of eight when a teacher would come and said, where is the Christian guy here? Where is the Christian boy? And I raised my hand and said, oh my goodness, what a bad day to see his face in the morning simply because I was Christian. And I'm amazed when I think today of how God was with me through this journey, strengthening me and giving me hope and giving me joy and giving me a great smile in spite of the persecution I suffered and I experienced every day I went because I am a Christian. At the age of eight, my mom came to me and she said, Samuel, said, yes, mom. said, I have been praying about it, and I feel it's about time to share with you what I feel about your name. And I said, go ahead, mom. She said, I'm thinking to change your name from Samuel to Michelle, just to honor your uncle. And this way, you carry on his message the message of reconciliation, and the message of salvation. I gladly accepted the offer. And now, since I changed my name gladly, feeling the honor, I carry my uncle's name. And every time someone comes to me and said, Hi, Michelle, my uncle's picture comes to my mind. And I remember well, how he died for the cause of Christ. The life goes on. I graduated from college, and God called me to go to the mission field to serve in Sudan. And in Sudan, my mentor told me, what's going on with you? I said, I'm a missionary, but I'm not a missionary to Muslims. He told me, Michelle, if you can't forgive Muslims, you will never know your destiny. And you will never be able to minister to anyone, even the children. Because I saw many Muslim children. We were serving in Sudan. I said, I'm not going to serve. I will go back to my career as an engineer. I went back to Egypt. And here is the Holy Spirit working on my heart. And one day I woke up in the morning and I decided to go and look for my father and to tell him, Father, I came here to tell you that I am so sorry that I didn't look for you for a number of years to share about God's faithfulness in our life. My father was shocked. Who should ask for forgiveness, me or him? He was shocked. He couldn't believe his eyes. But I said, I came to ask you to forgive me because it took, me, it took me a long time to find you, and I ask you to forgive me for not finding, finding you early. And suddenly, the Holy Spirit put in my heart amazing love and amazing grace towards Muslims. Suddenly, it's another miracle in my life. I went back to Sudan. I met my mentor and said, guess what? I am here to serve Muslims. 
And he said, praise the Lord. Since this time, my friends, I am working in the Middle East as a missionary. I'm working in North Africa as a missionary. And when I hear that Muslims are bombing and killing and destroying like John 10.10 talking about the enemy came to steal and destroy and kill, I said, Lord, when you forgive your enemies and you said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. I pray the same prayers for Muslims who are killing by people still in Egypt, in Sudan, in Afghanistan, in Iran, in Libya, everywhere Christians are persecuted. But they don't know any better. They obey their Quran. Many of them who came to Christ are blaming us Christians for keeping Jesus for ourselves and say, you are so selfish not to come and tell us about Jesus. We were confused about the God who loves to see blood shed till he revealed himself to us through dreams and visions. Where are you Christians? Why you're not helping us to find Jesus, the true God? And today, I want to give you the good news because the time is short. Millions of Muslims are coming to Christ everywhere. If you're interested to learn more, go and Google and see how many Muslims are coming to Christ in the past five years. Jesus said the Father is still working till this very day, and I am working too. The last question I have for you before I close. Are you a witness to Jesus or you're happy in your comfort zone? Are you dealing with some issues in your life like the issue of forgiveness that I dealt with for a number of years? Are there any barriers that are blocking you from going out and making Jesus' name known? It is the time. We need to redeem it. It is short. And Jesus is coming soon. And what would you say when you meet Jesus face to face? Are you going to repeat exactly what Paul said? I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished the race. And he was confident. He continued and said, there is why there is a crown of righteousness is waiting for me in a star. Are you confident to repeat exactly what Paul said? Let's bow our heads this morning. This is what the Holy Spirit laid on my heart to simply share with you. My message is not too complicated. I just... I just shared what the Holy Spirit asked me to share. What is your first priority? Is the last command of our Master according to Matthew 28, 18 and 19, when he said, go and make disciples and baptize them. Is this your first priority? Is it your first concern? Or you are so overwhelmed with many things in this world. This broken, 
And dark world needs every member of you, my friends. Do you need a revival in your life? Do you need to renew your commitments with Jesus? If you want to come to the altar here and speak to the Holy Spirit, please do. Don't hesitate, the time is short. If you want to just raise your hand, I will be praying for you right now. I don't know your needs, but Jehovah Jireh knows your needs. And he's willing and able to provide all of them, not some of them, not part of them, all of them according to his riches in glory. Please don't leave this room this morning without telling the Holy Spirit what is your problem, what's your challenge, what's your issue. Please raise your hand. Or come to the front and kneel in his presence. The same way my mom, my four sisters, my younger brother and me knelt in one night and committed our lives to Christ. Jesus is calling you today. He's calling, he's whispering every moment. This is a great opportunity. This is a great moment in your life. I know the issue of forgiveness is a big issue that many of us are struggling with. But the only way, believe me, is to release full forgiveness and move on depending on the wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. Our Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning and I thank you for the gift of gifts, our Lord Jesus Christ, who came and he died and he suffered for my sins and my transgressions. He was put in a tomb for three days and three nights. But on the third day, he won the victory and he set us free. And today, thank you, Father, because in Jesus alone, we are more than conquerors. We are more than victorious. I pray, Lord, that you keep us close to your heart. I pray, Lord, that you will guide our steps by the power and the authority and the knowledge and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and pave the way for us and take us to our final destination. Jesus made it very clear, Father, apart from me, we can do nothing. And today I declare it, apart from Jesus, we can do absolutely nothing. But with you today, we are more than conquerors. We are more than victorious. We are walking with our heads lifted up because of you, our Heavenly Father. Thanks for the adoption. Now we are children of the Heavenly Father. And our big brother is Jesus Christ himself. I pray for everyone 
presented in this room today. Move right now, Holy Spirit, and touch the heads and release perfect healing to our souls, our hearts, our spirits, and our bodies. In the mighty, powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.